Lori here, and welcome to the Awakening Moments podcast. Grab a cup of tea and let's spend some time together. My co-host Rhonda and I are ordained ministers working together at Life Center Church. We are leaders, wives, moms, and longtime friends. In this podcast, we hope to share some meaningful moments from our lives, everything from lessons we've learned the hard way or how to rise up in the midst of obstacles and insecurities. We will encourage you to take risks and remind you that you are deeply loved and completely worthy. Let's awaken life's most amazing moments together. Hey friends, we've got an exciting episode on the podcast today. We're doing an interview with Sarah Sambles, one of the speakers from Heart Conference. She did a workshop called Awaken Dreams. And in this interview, we unpack some of the conversation that was had. And it's our heart's desire that you would have an awakening moment as you listen to this conversation. Both Rhonda and I, and I think Sarah, the three of us, had some incredible awakening moments together as we unpacked some of the conversation that she had started in her heart conference workshop. Well, we hope you enjoy the podcast today and we hope you have a great day. Okay. That was so profound, Sarah. When I was listening to you share, I just felt it was almost like a reel was going through my mind of all these dreams all these situations, all of these struggles, and the way you articulated the three different types of dreams, the ones that happen quickly, the dreams that you're waiting for, the impossible dreams, like you, I identify all the way through, and I still am identifying in every single category. And I just want you to know that was actually so profound for my heart to hear. And that scripture you shared about Romans 4.17, that God calls into existence things that don't exist, it literally has breathed life into my spirit today. And I want to thank you for brilliantly sharing. You are a gifted speaker. You have the ability to take these what can feel like a very big concept and confusing and just how do you, all the different layers, the complex layers, and to just bring it so simple and to help us to trust once again in what we need to hear, that we need to trust in God. So thank you for sharing that for me today. I needed to hear that. You were profound in your sharing. So I know people listening are just going to be just so impacted. And so just, I think, peace. Peace is going to come over them because this can cause so much chaos and so much inner turmoil and insecurities when we're dealing with all of these things with our dreams. And so thank you for speaking so eloquently and so profound today. It's beautiful. Yeah. And I just love, like, I love the scripture you pulled as a thread of like, hope doesn't put us to shame. Like, I just love that. And I think personally, my favorite was how you used very personal examples from your own life and even personal ones that are still really raw, like still that you're walking out. Cause the reality is that when we're talking about dreams, we are thinking of the dreams that we have not seen come to fruition yet. And those are, they're really vulnerable spaces. Sometimes they're even hard to say out loud because they're, they're important to us and they're personal to us. And then when we haven't seen them and maybe been waiting year after year or putting a lot of effort into them, but haven't seen them, it is just, it's a real heart space. So thank you for just being authentic and allowing us a picture into your real life and the real dreams that are not, that you have not yet seen come to fruition. That is honestly so, so beautiful and so powerful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad. I'm glad uh, it touched you. It's, 
true that it's it's tough sometimes to be raw and to and to share um to share those realities but yeah i pray that it does encourage people and i need to hear it you know going looking at my notes when i was preparing I looked back at my journal, I picked up that journal where I had written everything and I had forgotten half of the things God had said. So I needed reminding, I have to preach to myself that stuff. So it encourages me to go back because I'm not done. I'm not finished with this. I'm learning, I'm growing, I'm on this journey. So I have to remind myself of those things. That's awesome. So in today's podcast, what we want to do is we really just want to have an interview with you, Sarah, today and just dive into some of these things that you've shared um, through the Heart Conference Workshop and just talk a little bit deeper about these, kind of unpack this a little bit more. You know, one of the questions that I had as I was listening to uh, your talk was, how do you know if your dream is from God? Like, I think a lot of times we get on this pursuit of a dream and maybe even we have all those feelings that you talked about, you know, the flutters and it fills our mind and we can't sleep and it awakens something in us. But does that always mean it's God? How do we actually know if the dream that we're pursuing is the dream that God has for us? Or can sometimes the pursuit of a dream be a distraction? Can you speak into that a little bit? Yeah, that's a tough question and a big question. And I would have loved to have had time in the workshop to cover that too. Uh, yeah, it's a biggie. So I think there's a few things I'd say. Number one, I would, I think there are filters that I would put a dream through. There's a really great study. Uh, I think it's a video and uh, maybe it's a book as well. And it talks about uh, some filters to kind of put put things through if you feel that God is speaking to you. So, you know, firstly, is it moral or immoral? You know, does it line up with the way God does stuff in the Bible, the way God speaks in the Bible? You know, that's got to be a very strong filter. I think the other filter, another filter would be, does it fit with, in general, my skills and my gifting and the things that are, that I've shown to be good at over the years? Um the other another filter I use is going to trusted friends who who are godly who I know you know speak to God and hear from God and follow God and, and read His Word, um, and I I chat it through them and I I pray with them. I think the other thing to remember is there's this balance, isn't there, between following the way God has made us, obviously, uh, but. But that level of kind of freedom and creativity that, that God does put in us, we are made in the image of God and God is creative. So there is a level of freedom and creativity. So I think if, if we put aside the moral, immoral question, you know, if we've checked off, yeah, okay, this does not um, disagree. This this does not go against any of God's, you know, way, principles and yeah. laws. Then, then I think after that, there is a level of freedom and creativity. And I think it's about constantly going back to that consecration that Hannah did with her dream and the same thing happened with Abraham actually so God gave Abraham and Sarah this son that he promised and that, that they wanted and then God asked Abraham to sacrifice his son my devotion this morning was that it was those verses so it's I think one thing you can do is go every you know is checking in with God and saying Okay, am I putting you, the dream giver, first, 
or am I putting my dream first? I think that's that's a good thing that we can do. And I think the other thing I'd say is dreams can be a means to an end. So I don't know what will happen with that first story I wrote, but maybe it wasn't meant to be published and maybe God put me on that journey for a different reason to meet other people, to hone my writing skills, to open up other avenues. Who knows? So I think it's about being obedient, taking a step, constantly coming back to God and then waiting and see what what he will do. Right. Wow. I, I, I think you covered so many, so many profound aspects of the answer to that question. Because we can sometimes get on this uh, super driven pathway to pursuing some sort of end result of this dream. But, and, and sometimes I totally agree with you that even as God um, creatively puts those dreams on our heart, I don't think it's necessarily that the dream isn't from God, but sometimes how we're choosing to pursue the dream we get distracted or the enemy gets in there. And and like you said, all of a sudden the dream becomes first over the dream giver when God always wants to have that rightful place. And I also loved too, and I've, I've found this in my own life too, that because I am a big dreamer and I, I dream a lot of things all the time, but I do find that God asks me to lay the dream down over and over and over again. And until I can get to the place where I actually can say, God, whether you do this or not, I am going to love you. I'm going to serve you. It is not about the outcome. When I get to that place, it's like, that's when God, I'm free to have it. I'm free to, you know, God is free to fully lavish the fullness of it. But when it's about somehow me earning it, me trying to achieve it, me putting the focus on like how to get there or this end result of some sort, it's, it's all the things you talked about, self-doubt, anxiety, depression, all of these like negative things are a result of the pursuit of that dream. So that's a little bit of how that resonates with me. I love that because I, when you're just saying that, I'm thinking about a specific day. I actually remember a moment in my life where actually where we happened to be together. I've shared this story with you. We were coming back from a camp. We had gone as a pastoral team to pray over some kids at a youth camp and we were driving back and Lori and I were having a very whatever conversation, nothing to do with anything dream related or what I was kind of struggling with in one of my dreams. And I felt in that moment, I felt a whisper of God in the middle of just a superficial conversation. God say, your dream is idolatry to me. You have put that dream as the pursuit of your life and not me. And in the car, I started weeping. And for three months, I literally went through a season of my life. I'm being very vulnerable here, but of crying. And those who know me, I don't express emotion through tears very often. I'm very emotional, but it's not often through tears. But God, this was so deeply rooted in my spirit that I went through a three-month process of repentance, of transformation, of laying down a dream. It wasn't easy. Like when God told me that, it wasn't, I was like, oh my goodness, God, what I have been doing. I was in shock. And then the feeling of I've hurt the heart of God came over me that this had taken precedent over God. And it went through that moment, like you're saying, the dream giver was no longer my pursuit. It was this dream. And the way I framed this dream that's a beautiful thing we were talking mm. about it. You know, we have dreams and we have a way, as soon as we get a dream, we see exactly how we feel it should be fleshed out. 
Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right away. It's it's like when you have a child, you see exactly their forecast and it doesn't go to plan. Nothing ever goes to plan like that. And including our dreams, it is actually an organic creative movement that God has put in us. And a dream is creative and it's moving. God will make happen what he has seen. But I think I've learned through that situation that first off, he is number one, like you've talked about Sarah brilliantly and more articulated. But secondly, it's allowing God to creatively and organically move that dream because as I allow him to do that and I surrender it, what he ends up doing is way better than I ever dreamed and actually probably something I never even realized I could do because it's not what I controlled or what I thought. This is my strength. This is what it should look like. I don't know how you identify with that, Sarah. Yeah, I agree. I that's yeah. I think just going back to that, dreams are a means to an end in a in a way, um, because yeah, we have that very set picture of what it's going to look like when it's finished, and I think one of the reason God, one of the reasons God births dreams. One of the reasons God puts dreams in our hearts is to is to journey us on, is to grow us, is to give us new skills, and 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 to encourage us to pursue Him and encourage us to express and experience new things. And like you said, things we maybe didn't think uh, that we could would do, um, but. Yeah, it's rarely it rarely looks how we think it's going to look, but that's that's almost not the point. And we develop as we start pursuing a dream, especially when it's God given, and we keep putting God first. We develop and grow. Um, there have been times where I have not, out of my own decision, been asked to move out of one area and stop doing one thing, and it was painful and it didn't make sense and it was confusing and I thought it was a part of my life and serving that God had had put on me and and it took time and and it was painful but it did open up other doors and I think that's the other thing to remember as well that's so true that's so true I know you're both talking a little bit about process and I think God so values the process, it's not so much about the end result or about the achievement of the very thing that we're pursuing, but it's how much God is doing in us and through us in the process. I know even healing, like when I think about the pursuit of some of my dreams, you know, often as I think about them or dream about them and then write them down, Sometimes those dreams go into hiding a little bit, but God leads me on this incredible journey of healing. You know, even like you just talked about Rhonda with this idolatry, like that, that season of repentance was a season of healing. That's a season where you allowed God to go to a deep place in your heart that needed transformation, that needed change. And God brings you through a season of healing in the process, which is only preparation for what it is that he has for us on the other side of that. So I feel like too, in the pursuit of dreams, you know, when we get fixated on the end result, we miss the joy and blessing and healing and sometimes pain. I know, I know healing can be very painful, but if, if we remember that when the Holy Spirit pours his love on our hearts and that his hope will never put us to shame, then we realize that that journey is 
towards something greater than we could have ever imagined, even greater than the dream we're holding in our heart or our hand. Um, so process. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm having a little bit of like one of those An awakening, awakening moments. moments. <laughs> I am. To realize, I think maybe this is just my thought unfiltered, that perhaps God plants dreams in our hearts because of process. We often think the opposite. We think mm-hmm. God puts a dream on our heart and this to is a pro- the dream. Yeah, but I think no. maybe God puts dreams on our heart because he actually wants us to go through the processes because in the process is where we change, we transform, we evolve, and we hopefully, through all that we experience, come out different into a different process, but we come out more like him and transform. So I almost, as I'm thinking here, Maybe I should be more hesitant when I get big dreams. <laughs> to like, okay. Be like, God, what are it's true, it's true. You get a big dream, Lord. What process are you bringing me on now? Oh, but he okay. will not bring us to shame. Thank no, you, Jesus. We remind no. ourselves of your perfect love that casts out fear and shame. But actually, as you're saying that, I, I feel like that's maybe part of what I've when I connect all the dots, that's actually been. The most beautiful part of her dreams is the process that God's brought me on. Let's talk for a minute about shame. Mm. Okay. Let's yeah, talk for a minute good. about shame. Because, that's good. Because, because unanswered dreams, there's a lot of shame around unanswered dreams. Mm-hmm. Like the things that we've been waiting for. So waiting, you touched on waiting in your talk. The things we've been waiting for, the things we're hoping for, the things we're dreaming for. And even to talk about them, there's, we do... There is shame that mm-hmm. comes on us because like, what's wrong with us? Why haven't we seen that come? What, what inadequacies, what fears, doubts, you know, Sarah, you talked about how, you know, is the dream not coming because I'm doubting that it can come. And you talked about Abraham. No, that's not. God is Amazing. so much bigger than our doubts. Let's talk a little bit about the shame that we can feel when we even to speak out loud about our most vulnerable dreams that have not come to pass yet. Because I know our listeners, those ones are the ones that are right. Literally, you know, tears are about to come as they think about those things that have had, had not happened yet, that I want to have a child. And I just, I haven't been able to, I can't, I can't conceive. I can't get pregnant. I, I, you know, I, I want to help victims of human trafficking i need i need to make a difference but i i can't seem to find an inroad or or i want to be a missionary i i don't want to be here where i am i want to be a missionary i want to bring the gospel to the world but i i don't have the money i don't have the connection what how i want to write a book i like i have a book in me i know i do but i i can't seem to get it out i can't seem to so what do we do with the shame that we feel around these things that we just can't seem to realize when God promises his hope will not put us to shame. What's that about? It's tough. We don't like to, to talk about shame. It's, it's a very painful reality to face. And I think one of the things that causes shame is some of those thoughts and feelings you mentioned there is the thought of, oh, maybe I put my hope in the wrong thing. Maybe I chose the wrong thing. Maybe I chose the wrong dream. I pursued the wrong dream. Or I was foolish. I was a fool. 
I think that's often what we think. I was a fool to hope this would happen. I was foolish. And look, now it's being proved to me. I was foolish to hope in this. So they're real. And we, I think if we could, I don't know if you're like me, I would avoid shame at all costs. Um, But that doesn't work, I've learned. I'm learning that avoiding those negative feelings running away from them or shutting them (laughs) in the room or locking them in a box doesn't work. So I think one thing that helps is coming back to that distinction we were making between pursuing the dream and the outcome. I think one of the things that sometimes makes us feel foolish is is that the, the, the dream isn't looking the way we thought. It's not producing the results we thought. Now, There are some very painful situations you were talking about conceiving. And it's so interesting that when God gave that workshop uh, idea and topic to me, we talked it through and, and, and those stories about Sarah and Hannah immediately came to mind and they happened to be about conceiving and pregnancy. And Mary was another woman who, you know, obviously conceived the, the son of God. And it's funny how God brought all those women to me. I wanted to choose women from the Bible because you know, we're speaking to women at, at that conference. Um, so it's interesting how that was all about pregnancy, although my, you know, my topic was not about conceiving. And interestingly, just a slight tangent, um, when I was at one of my lowest times last year, I had four dreams. Now I'm talking nighttime dreams, asleep dreams. I had four dreams about pregnancy and having a, a newborn baby. And I was not pregnant and don't plan to be. Um, I've had my kids. I love them. They're great. (laughs) But four dreams about pregnancy. Anyway, so um, it's just interesting that I think one of the things that helps us with that shame component is making that distinction between the the, uh, picture we have of how it's going to look and then actually... uh, why are we doing this and I think if we keep hold of that idea of okay this is about God this is about me pursuing God not the dream this is about me becoming more like him not the dream then I think that shifts it from okay it doesn't have to look a certain way yes we have a dream and God does birth and and put seeds in our heart Um, but I think that that helps us deal with the shame component I agree. I definitely agree. And I think for those that are listening that, you know, are feeling shame in, you know, not seeing something come out in the, in the results there, as you were talking about, having that distinction of this is how I saw it. This is how it's supposed to happen. And the shame of it not unfolding that way, that God would just once again, fill your heart with such a peace to know that you are loved and not forgotten, that God's gracious love is with you. And he is in the process of healing and bringing us closer to him. And sadly, we miss that in the process. I miss that. And our culture celebrates achievement. We celebrate that breakthrough. We celebrate when things happen and we're even miraculous, even in the church, when prayers are answered, we celebrate that and we should. Those are moments we should celebrate. But the shame that can come to say, well, why is that happening to them and not me? And mm. why am I jealous? Mm. Even that emotion, mm. the emotions that I feel in my own life that have yeah. come with dreams unanswered have been 
the shameful emotions of jealousy, of just wishing harm on somebody, like it would not work out. Wow. Terrible things like that. The negative robbing that the enemy does in those spaces is where in my own life I've probably felt the most shame in. Because I feel if those are listening, we want to affirm, I feel like doing something, there should be no shame if it doesn't work out. The fact that you had the courage to try and you keep trying. Like when I think of you, Sarah, talking about that book, like even right now that that was, you know, even you sharing how vulnerable that is as a writer, but even to continually put yourself out, to continually try publishers, putting it out, that takes so much courage. And for those of you that are maybe feeling shameful that you haven't like achieved what you were hoping, I just want you to tell in my, we often feel that, but when people are looking in on you, the greatest people in my life that I've been inspired by have those that just keep trying. Yeah, I keep seeing them pick themselves up and try again instead of succumb to, oh, I can't do it. I feel like that is just incredible. So if that's you listening today, I just want to affirm that your courage is seen by those around you. You may not see that yourself because the achievement hasn't happened, but you are amazing and you are honestly so courageous. But the shame that can come when our dream isn't met and someone else's and we feel like it's not fair or, you know, I've had, you know, how come them and I've been waiting my whole life and they just came so easier. And sometimes it happens like that. There's mysteries. So do either of you want to sh- like yeah. speak into that space? Well, I, I, I can, yeah. Like I, I think you're, I think you're hitting a nerve there because when somebody receives the result of the dream that you have, that you have not yet received, like that's just a hard space, especially if it's someone, you know, maybe someone you're doing life with in relationship with that's, that's really hard. Like that's a space that we do have to go to our knees and be like, Lord, like, please check my heart because our heart does want to be jealous, wants to be resentful, wants to give up all of that. You know, when I think of shame and I think of the past, I said earlier, you know, I'm a real dreamer, but there, there's this little, there's this little hitch in my, in my dreaming for most of my life. I've never verbalized all the dreams that I've had. So I would write them down in my book. I would, I would have such a blast, you know, in my own quiet time with the Lord, just imagining and dreaming of possibilities of what could be. I would write them down. I would never say them out loud. In fact, there was like almost something that like stopped me from actually saying it out loud to a person, not even my husband. I wouldn't tell anybody my dreams. And it was shame that what if this dream doesn't come? What, but it doesn't happen. And yeah. I look like fool and a failure. Like you said, yeah. I look like a failure. What if, what if I'm wrong? What if it doesn't happen? What if I can't do it? You know, so I would have fun, have little dreaming sessions and <laughs> I could have fun in my own mind imagining, but I would never speak it out loud. And over the last like year or two, couple of years, something has shifted and I've just started to say crazy things out loud. And sometimes I still do feel foolish. Like, I feel like, come on, like, don't be, don't be ridiculous. Don't be so like, there's this other voice in my head. That's like, okay, you don't have, but if I actually feel like God has stirred something in my heart and I'm excited about it, I'm just choosing to say it out loud because ultimately it's up to God anyways. And if it doesn't happen, okay, well then it doesn't happen the way I saw it exactly. That's fine. But I just, I actually want to start using a gift of faith, a gift of prophecy to actually use my words 
to speak into existence what could be. And you know what? Things are happening. And it is kind of crazy. Like, for example, like a heart conference that we just had. Like, I, I can't even tell you, I can't even describe or explain how hard it was for me to choose a date for heart conference. Like, I, I had this paralysis around even putting a date on the calendar because I was I was just so afraid. Like, this was a dream of my heart that I have had for a long, long time. But I was so afraid that nobody was going to come, that I wasn't going to be able to pull it off, that I wasn't going to get the team support that I needed in order to pull it off, that I was just afraid of all these things. And I know, like, it sounds crazy to say those those fears out loud because, like, I, I work with the most incredible people. Like, I don't know why I thought that, but I was afraid of pushback. I was afraid of obstacles. I was afraid of inconveniencing our team, our, you know, even our busy, busy ministry life. I knew this was going to be demanding on everybody. I just, and I couldn't, I couldn't put a date on the calendar. I kept putting it off. Other people kept saying, I need a date. I need a date. I need a date. And I kept putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. And finally, I just, I just had to just say it out loud. I just had to put a date and put it in motion. But something about the whole process has just awakened this ability to just say out loud, just say it out loud, even if it's not exactly how it's going to be, but just say out loud. And so the whole process has just given me permission to start to dream out loud. And I don't know what that means for the whole picture, but I know that I lived in shame for most, most of my life about my dreams. I never, ever said them out loud. I love that. And I, I think that's amazing. And I encourage people to journal. That's something I do. And you were obviously doing that. But yeah, there is power in what we physically say uh, because we are made in the image of God and God spoke the world into life. So words are powerful. They have that ability, that potential to breathe life or to or to bring destruction. So yes, your your words are important. And I think the reason I love that is something that I wanted to go back to was God is looking for obedience and faith. He's not looking for the results. He will take care of the results. And I think what he loves seeing in your heart is that you're saying, okay, I'm going to believe you and I'm going to take a step of obedience. I'm going to take a step of faith. And that faith delights his heart. Now, he could have done it any number of ways and it was amazing and he did. But yeah, I think just remembering, I think that's another thing that helps us with the shame is saying, actually, the result does not depend on me. The, the obedience is, is my job. And having faith, however tiny that is, it can be as tiny as a mustard seed. That's enough. You ask for more. Um, just like uh, there's a guy who comes to Jesus in Mark, I believe it is, and says, um, I have faith. Help me in my unbelief. He's looking yeah. for healing for his daughter, I believe, or his son. And it's like he's it's as if he's saying, I've got this tiny little amount of like, yeah, maybe you could do it. I kind of think you might be able to. Could you help me have a bit more of that? That's enough. So God is just looking for that obedience, that faith, and he takes care of the rest. So I think that's 
amazing saying saying it out loud and uh that's i love it yeah because yeah. we love to be around people that dream big we <laughs> do as much as we say to hear people say yeah. these big dreams it gives permission yeah for you to believe big so laura you doing that with heart conference you speaking that out and sarah speaking and all of these incredible women stepping into these places to share yeah it actually created space in women's life to be like, I can believe bigger. I can believe I have a greater purpose. And without that happening, who knows where we'd be today? Like yeah. as far as the women of now we're believing for Heart Conference 2020. If you haven't bought your ticket, this is a little plug. <laughs> Buy your ticket. It's going to be awesome. But Heart 2020, now we're believing, okay, we started here. That's not even mm -hmm. on the radar now will people come. Do yeah. we have enough people, enough women yeah. to kind of support this stuff? It's like... God, we are speaking out bigger. So when yeah. we have the, yeah. just the courage to speak those big prayers and yeah. we see things happen, it gives us the courage to even go deeper and bigger yeah. with God because yeah. without faith, it's impossible to please him. Right. Mm -hmm. So I just love how you both have wrapped that together. I love that. And I think the power of that too comes, you know, even Sarah, as you shared your story about your book that you have written and you've sent it to publishers and you're in the waiting and although there can feel or be maybe in moments some shame around that not being realized yet even as you speak that out loud you actually sow faith into others who want to write books mm -hmm. like and so it's so interesting how god can actually take what we see as our failure and inspire other people wow yes if she can if she can keep going, I can, I can start, I can get started. I can do this too. It actually inspires hope and faith in others. So we do need to keep speaking those dreams out loud because others have those same dreams and they don't yet have permission to pursue them. But as we begin to speak it out, it does inspire others to be able to, uh, yeah, step into their dreams too. Mm -hmm. I love that. Um, I want to just touch on that the word capacity. Mm -hmm. You talked about that in uh, your talk a little bit about God putting this on your heart. Pray for me to increase your capacity. Can you talk about that a little bit? Because honestly, every single one of us as women, we are limited by our capacity. We are. We have a like a million things that we're juggling all the time. And so talk a little bit about what that has done for you as you've prayed that prayer. How has God increased your capacity and what can we do as women to believe God for that? I know it's a stumper. <laughs> You're right on the spot. It's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I, it felt uh, counterintuitive at the time because mm. like I say, yeah. God had very clearly taken me through a five-year period of teaching me to cut back, teaching me not to be too busy, to cut things out of my schedule, uh, to, and I think the reason was to teach me I wasn't being judged or loved based on my productivity and busyness. Which is profound. So that, that was the point. And so I turned to him and I said, what, but why add something more then? You've just taught me to strip back and, and keep it simple and know my limits and be okay with my limits. So it felt counterintuitive, but I knew, I knew without a shadow of a doubt it was from God. So I just tried, again, it was just that obedience piece. I just tried to obey. So I 
and the permission. I love how you use that word permission, Rhonda, because I felt I talked it through with my husband, for example, and I felt like he gave me permission to clear some other things so there was space for this. So yes, I asked for more capacity, but I guess how that looked for me was priority. I guess it was about how do I prioritize certain things? And then that has, so that's how I felt God gave me capacity. Like he, he, he gave me capacity in terms of energy and excitement and vision. So that was just from God, but then I needed capacity in terms of time and in terms of physical energy as well. So I think that came partly, partly that comes when you are excited about something, you can make space for something. But it also came through prioritizing and thinking, okay, if this is gonna be important, then I'm gonna do it at my best time of the day. So I'm gonna do it first thing in the morning. I'm gonna to go to a place I love being. I'm gonna to go to my favorite cafe, things like that. I know that sounds really weird and simple and, and kind of a bit unrelated, but it was an important way of saying, actually, this is a priority. And then that capacity piece has looked different over the 18 months. So sometimes, like I've I've done things like I got a cleaner so that I could have time to give to my business. And so it was just the sort of juggling of where where does God want me to spend my time and how do I how do I make some space? So I think God can do a supernatural element. He can do a supernatural step of giving us more capacity. And then I think when we prioritize something, we do find, like when we put God first, and whether that's first thing in the morning or whether that's whatever time of day for you works for you to set aside time with God. But when you prioritize it, like same with our money, when we prioritize God with our money first, it's amazing how he seems to expand the walls and expand the tents and expand the, the horizon, gives us that space that we need. Sarah, that was very profound. I think you just really gave the listeners practical tools on how to do that. Because capacity, like you said, could sound like a word. You think, how do I even do that? But you just brought it so simply. And so someone can just walk away and be able to do that. Thank you for articulating that. And I, I think I'm going to go home and tell Jay I need a cleaner. Ah! <laughs> That's I what know. you got I, out of that. That's era. my revelation. <laughs> my capacity. I need to extend my capacity. I need, I need a cleaner. <laughs> That's just my own. No, no it was way that. more profound than that. <laughs> Let's be truthful here. I love that. I love that. No, I know. I think it reminds me of the prayer of Jabez. You know, enlarge my tents. Enlarge my capacity. And I do think that when... As God takes us into new territory, territory that we haven't been before, as he grows us into spaces that we maybe leadership opportunities that we've never led before, like the only, the only way that we can do that is for God to increase our capacity. I mean, I, I, you know, even here leading Life Center, you know, I feel like every single year leading Life Center, we've never led a church with you know, let's say that's the size that it is or the amount of campuses that we have or the amount of staff that we have. So it literally feels like a new, <laughs> a new challenge every single time. And, and, and I need that. Like I literally need humbly God, like you need to increase my capacity because I've never, I've never led this, you know, what I, what I'm leading today. I've never led that before. So I need your help. Um, but I do think our time with God 
is absolutely a key. You touched mm-hmm. on that. Yes. And like, honestly, if we're not prioritizing time with God, and I do think we need a significant amount of time with God, mm-hmm. He, which sounds, again, counterintuitive. If time is your issue and you're saying spend more time with God, I don't know how it works. But it just does. Mm-hmm. Somehow he supernaturally enables us to do more than we could ever do without that time, without that grounding, without literally centering ourselves mm-hmm. in him, in his purposes, in his will, listening to his voice, all of that. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. So, so important. So important. Well, I think that was awesome. Thank you, yeah. Sarah. And Sarah, would you just tell our listeners mm-hmm. if they want to get in touch with you with some of your consulting um, uh, can you let them know how they can get in touch with you and tell our listeners a little bit about what it is that you do and how they can get in touch with you? Sure. Well, thanks for having me for a start. Uh, yeah, so I am a writer. I do a lot of freelance writing where I write people's websites or whatever it is they need written for their business. And I also work with writers of fiction and nonfiction helping them figure out how to market themselves because my background is a marketing consultant. So that's me, consulting and writing. And I have a website, sarahsambles.com. So it's S-A-R-A-H-S-A-M-B-L-E-S.com. And I would love to hear from you. Wonderful, wonderful. So yeah, if you want some coaching or just some help or some consulting about something that you're doing with your business that has to do with writing, um, if you're a writer or if you're putting together a website, need some content developed, uh, reach out to Sarah. She's absolutely phenomenal. Um, we so appreciate her gifting and skill skill set and communication. Um, yeah, she brings a lot of excellence to what she does. So feel free to reach out to her. But um, as we wrap up for today, uh, we just want you to know that there is absolutely more in you than you could possibly realize. And that you are so special and worthy of love. Have a great day. Bye, guys. Bye. After our interview with Sarah Sambles, we decided to let the audio continue to record because sometimes the after conversation is just as good as the conversation itself. So we're going to let you into some of what we talked about after our interview with Sarah Sambles. Enjoy. I'm one of those guys. They were talking about dreams. It was at a conference all about dreams. And they just said this profound thing where they said, you don't know who else you're going to release by pursuing your dream. Like if, if you don't do, so you know, true. if you don't pursue your dream, you don't know who you're holding back. I mean, I don't, like, God will do his stuff. Totally. Like, and he will find a way. But he does, he does this, he gives us this kind of privilege of, of being able to open the door and open the gates for other people without that sounding really, you know, but like he just gives that, that opportunity so that. to, and, and like I see it as a mom as well. And, you know, you're just like, oh, you know, I don't want to, I, w- I want to, we're called to make disciples. That's yeah. that's it. Like bottom line, called to make disciples. So what does that look like? Well, sometimes that looks like opening the door to other people's dreams by us being obedient and vulnerable. Like, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And it's sometimes yeah. those vulnerable spaces that are, like they're the hardest because we feel like those are the disqualifiers. Those are actually the things that disqualify us. Like it's like, oh my gosh, if I share that, like people are gonna be like, why is she doing the talk? Like mm-hmm. she, she's not even, you know what I mean? She's not successful. She's not this. She's not like we. We actually, the enemy 
tricks us to think that those spaces of vulnerability are actually working against us, but those are actually the spaces that God uses the most. And 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 like we said earlier, inspires other people to be like, oh my gosh, she feels that way too. Okay, I can pursue this. I don't know how many people in ministry like I've sat with and they have said like all those things. I, I'm doubting myself. I'm full of anxiety. I, I'm feeling depression coming out. Maybe I am just not cut out for this. Oh, I feel it every single day. Right? And so yeah. and they literally use that as a disqualifier. And I, I pretty much say every time when I'm talking to someone who says that to me, nope, that's what makes you cut out for it. Like <laughs> exactly. Feel that and question that mm-hmm. we you know, do in our lives. So we do. And that verse about God called the, you know, the 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 oh, what is it? God called the um, unqualified. It's had to do with the qualification. It, yeah, I know what exactly, you're talking about. Yeah, Colossians oh, is it? Yes. Um, to shame the God chose the foolish to shame the wise. <gasps> yes. You know that. Yes. Yes. I, I don't feel like I'm foolish academically. Like I'm smart and I'm bright, but I I do feel ill-equipped. In yeah. many areas, and um, no, but even like you said, moving here mm-hmm. that seemed it foolish, was a foolish thing to do to the there world, was no reason to do it. right? Mm-hmm. Like to like mm-hmm. somebody looking into your life. So it's those kinds of things mm-hmm. that seem like, what are you doing? You know, but you're like, no, I know, like I know, there's God has such a bigger picture mm-hmm. that's unfolding. Mm-hmm. But then it's hard walking yeah. with it because it looks different. Like mm-hmm. here I am, seven years on, and I'm. And I'm, I'm back in that place of like, okay, why are we here, God? Like, what is it? Yeah. What is it? Yeah. What is it specifically? Like, I know yeah. you just called yeah. me to obey you and walk with you, and that's yeah. fine. I will do that. Yeah. But why here? I could be doing this in Hawaii. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I totally do. Yeah, we know what you mean. Lori and I have babies. <laughs> We're like, like this. Yes. <sighs> totally. I know. But isn't it about life of the tension, say? Like, you, it's so amazing to take those steps and to see God breakthrough in lives or to see other people come back and say wow when you shared that that was just inspired me to take a step it almost makes it all feel worth it but I'm at a place now in my life too which I think is such a even through this conversation as I've been listening I I feel like I actually can thank God too for the unanswered dreams Mm. to say I think I'm a more beautiful person because of my unanswered dreams than by my answered dreams and I think my unanswered dreams has given me actually a greater faith to believe for the bigger dreams which sounds so weird, mm-hmm. but because in the unanswered dreams, something solidifies in your relationship with God that deepens you. And when you allow that, it can go the other way too. It can make yeah. you bitter and critical. But yeah, I'm saying yeah. when you allow the Holy Spirit mm. to go there in your life, it solidifies this place in your life that you've come. I just feel like I, I have the ability to dream because I know my big God better Whoa. through the disappointments, Be- through the beautifully un- broken, beautifully broken. Because you have a fork in the road. You have a choice to yeah. either trust mm-hmm. or fall into bitterness, don't you, at that mm-hmm. point? And if you choose the trust path, mm-hmm. then, yeah, and you get to that place that you're you talking about. You get to that about. place. Wow. Mm-hmm. But, that, but that, that's the full circle of the, re- the miracle of redemption, mm-hmm. that in the unanswered dreams, being able to be more thankful for that because of what it produced in your life, because of what God mm-hmm. did through that pain and through that brokenness, that's mm-hmm. the miracle of redemption. That's the beautiful that's miracle of redemption. That's yeah, and that's what he wants to do with totally. every unanswered dream, dream that has died. Like he wants to fully redeem it. Yeah. Not necessarily 
haven't come into fruition yeah or that you will see it come into fruition Mm -hmm. because what if it's not for you what if it's like the one in hebrews they never even saw the promises exactly yet they are esteemed the highest to god because they had the faith to believe now i'm not saying i have that master but i'm saying looking back in my life i those areas i struggled with for so many years i can see now like thank you god so it not that there's other ones now that I'm like, oh my, what is going on with this? But I just feel like, like you said, your remembrance books, your journals brings you back to that place to be okay, to say, I'm okay. Yeah. I'm okay to let God mm-hmm. take care of this, whatever it looks like the outcome. Mm-hmm. I'm okay. Yeah. I'm okay. I may not like it, yeah, but totally. I'm okay. And I know God's going to work yeah. it for good. God's going to yeah. do something beautiful through it. Yeah. 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 Anyways. It is so cool though. I get so excited. Like I honestly get so excited about it because I do like I do agree with you, Rhonda. Even just to have the dream, whether it happens or doesn't, you just know. I or you get to the place where you know that God is up to something really awesome, like really cool, really exciting that you don't necessarily know where it's going to go, but you know that the journey and the adventure is going to be profoundly beautiful Mm -hmm. and could be heartbreaking along the way, but that even God can make something beautiful out of that. Mm -hmm. I love that. I do too. I love that. I think that's so cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming in. Thank you for your time, Sarah. We so so appreciate it. Took a little while to pull this off, but uh, but yeah, so appreciate it and love. Have you uploaded them all now? How many have you done? All the ones from the conference? Uh, There's a few. There's a few left. To all, I think all the workshops are up. Um, I actually forgot to post this week. I actually forgot to post last week. But anyways, it's fine. It's fine. But I usually try to post (laughs) once a week, but I totally forgot. Um, But yours. So I'll probably post this one on Sunday just to finish up all the Mm -hmm. workshops. Then Ron and I have ours. Our talks will go up, but I like to intersperse like a live talk yeah. and then the, yeah, that's good. the yeah, so that good it's a little bit of variety. But so we could do we the haven't interview done, after hers. We haven't done one live for a while. So we're, we, we it's been a few heart conference stuff or cause yeah. we, we haven't, this is our first time getting together in mm-hmm. probably a month at least. I yeah. think. Yeah. So, yeah. So, no, it was great know, though. So this good. Was a great conversation. You were oh, excellent, yeah. Sarah. Yeah. So appreciate it. So appreciate it. Love it. Thank you for listening to the Awakening Moments podcast today. Like or subscribe to our podcast and share it with your friends. Follow us on Instagram at Lori Boucher and Rhonda.Corto. May you be awakened to the moments that matter the most.